Welcome to the ACC Basketball Report. I am your host, Michael Hunter, also known as at Pecone36 on Twitter. Coming at you today on a brisk February morning. It is cold as fucking balls out there. Um, just want to give you guys a heads up. going to try to fly through this today. If I sound like shit, I promise it's not because I received two bottles of Buffalo Trace in the mail on Friday and have been torturing myself all weekend. But uh, feeling a little under the weather today. Not feeling great, but I love doing this podcast. So I'm going to uh, suck it up. If I want to play, i got to pay and uh, get through it today. This is the sister program to ACCBasketballReport.com. Uh, updated power rankings came out yesterday morning. And today we're just going to do a quick week in review, uh, do some other things. This is a crowdfunded podcast, so if you want to be a patron, please visit the website, ACCBasketballReport.com. Click on the RSS feed on the right-hand side takes you to the Podbean uh, website. Go to Be a Patron, top right-hand corner. Donate, support the podcast. I'd really appreciate it, and I thank you in advance. Jumping right into the week in review, uh, going back to last Sunday, only one game on that docket. Clemson visited Georgia Tech in a game where, if you looked at the box score, you wouldn't really get a good grasp on what was actually going on. Um, Clemson pounded G-Tech in the first half, hitting triples from the parking lot. I believe they hit 10 in that game. Uh, 10 of 21 from deep. Uh, Gabe DeVoe is responsible for five and goes for 25 points. He's really taken over uh, the reins as far as leading that team post Dante Grantham injury. Um, they've played really well. They've transitioned primarily into a perimeter-based team, uh, shooting the shit out of the ball for the last three games. Uh, Josh Kogi did have 26, brought the Jackets back in the last couple minutes in in a Titan-like manner, um, had a really good game, I thought, uh, but in typical G-Tech fashion, you know, wasted, not wasted, uh, used a lot of effort in the comeback and then uh, fell just short. Uh, Clemson didn't turn the ball over, they only had seven for the game, and they hit the offensive glass, had 13 offensive rebounds uh, Sunday night. Moving into Monday, uh, only one game on Monday night this week, and that was Duke, uh, playing on a one-game turnaround, traveling to South Bend, and they clobbered... Uh, Notre Dame in South Bend by 22. Gary Trent with six triples, 22 points. Duke had 15 offensive rebounds. And that Duke front court really made uh, Martin Gebbin a non-factor in this game. Uh, TJ Gibbs did lead Notre Dame with 22. Uh, you know, my, my theory on the one-game turnarounds continues to be uh, proven wrong, I guess. Um, I, I still think it's a factor. But, hey, uh, you know, every week it seems like I'm, I'm – Shown the door on that. Um, UNC goes to Clemson uh, last Tuesday and loses. Uh, Clemson pulls out the victory, 82-78. That uh, that UNC perimeter defense that I've been talking about the last couple weeks, you know, finally has has reared its ugly head. Um, they've now lost three in a row uh, coming into yesterday, where they got their uh, their gift game against Pitt. But prior to yesterday. Uh, teams just shooting the lights out against them. Virginia Tech did it. Clemson did it. They went 15-30 from deep. Um, Theo Pinson left with an injury after a couple minutes in this game. Luke May had probably the worst game of the season, four points, nine rebounds in 34 minutes. And, you know, Clemson, I, I know they've never won in Chapel Hill. It's a big story every year. Um, they get the win over UNC on their home court, and their fans storm the court. Um I've heard some other bigger podcast guys talking about it lately. Gary Parrish, for instance, um, talking about how storming the court is fairly stupid. And I hate to agree with Gary Parrish. He tried to burn down Georgia Tech earlier this year. 
Um, but I agree with him and this man. I think storming the courts basically fucking stupid. Um, I, I think it's a safety thing. I think that you can't put fans that have probably been drinking uh, on the court with a team that just lost as, as the opponent tries to get off the court and expect bad things not to happen. Uh, I think it's a situation that can be avoided. I understand they're in college, they want to have a good time, and I'll be called an old man, and blah, blah, fucking blah, blah, blah. Um, I, I just think it's basically retarded. And I wouldn't have done it when I was in college, and I did a lot of stupid shit. But when you're the 20th ranked team in the country, and you're storming the court after you beat the 19th ranked team in the country, uh, I, I think that if you're going to storm the court, then at least save it for when you know, you're an unranked team, like, if you're a pit and you win against Duke, storm the court, sure, I mean, that's, that's the only pleasant thing that's going to happen to you during the course of the season, but Clemson is a, is probably a, on the four line or above, uh, for the tournament, they're going dancing this year, uh, I think it's, it's, it was ridiculous for them to storm the court, in my humble opinion, um, moving on to Wednesday night, Syracuse went down to Atlanta in, <clears throat> If it hadn't been for the Pitt-Syracuse game last weekend, this game would have easily been the ugliest game of the week. Uh, G-Tech pulls it out 55-51. Nakogi scores 15 points in the second half. Uh, both teams in this game shooting under 35%. It was a really ugly game to watch. Um, so ugly, in fact, where I was kind of in and out with it. Um, it was just gross to watch a team that you, would, that you typically enjoy, a team that you're a fan of playing the way that G-Tech does. I said on Twitter this week that this Georgia Tech team is the first team in a long time that I don't look forward to watching play. I'm not drawn to the games at night. It's a good thing that I have their calendar on my refrigerator because otherwise I would be missing a ton of games. It's just this season has been, I'm not going to say a disaster, but it's not what I anticipated. Um, I, I think help is on the way, but I, I think this rebuild is... I basically got spoiled last year. Um, you know, last year happened, nobody expected it. You know, raised my expectations, and then this year happens, and it's it's just it's just another year as a G-Tech fan. As far as Syracuse goes, you know, it, it's the same old story for them. Um, they've got three guys that take all their shots, and right now they ain't hitting. You know, their offense lately has been uh, Frank Howard and Tyus Battle deciding which one is going to shoot the three on the, on any particular trip. Um, it's just, it's gross to watch. They're a good defensive team. They've got a lot of length in that zone, uh, but they just, uh, they just don't play a very good offense. They don't have the horses on offense. I thought battle would be enough after seeing them early on. Some people have them in the tournament. I don't, I don't see Syracuse in the tournament. Um, right now I have nine ACC teams in the tournament. Um, Syracuse right now their resume looks good uh, as far as RPI and strength of schedule. I just I don't I don't see it. But uh, moving on to uh, later on Wednesday night, Louisville got their crack at Virginia. Um, put up a fight uh, better than most. Uh, ultimately ended up falling 74 to 64. Kyle Guy had 22. UVA again. You know they don't turn the ball over. They run their stuff. Louisville didn't do anything special on defense. Didn't put them in any situations where. Virginia can fail. Um, I think if you're just going to go out there and play well against Virginia, that's not that's not going to do it. You need a gargantuan type effort on defense, um, and also uh, find a way offensively to put some points up. You know the fact that Louisville gave up 74 to Virginia. You know 
Virginia's just running their stuff. They're 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 being efficient on offense. They're running those double baseline screens and, and getting open looks from the corners and from the elbows. And you know, Louisville had 11 assists and 11 turnovers. That's not going to get it done. That's nothing special. Uh, both teams shoot 50%, which if you're if you're Louisville, you get to hang your hat on that. But UVA still shot 54% for the game. So you know, <laughs> you get that victory where you play really well on offense but you give up 54% to it. You've got to put Virginia in a, in a spot where, you know, you're, you've got to make Isaiah Wilkins beat you. You've got to make uh, Ty Jerome beat you. You can't let Kyle Guy get 22. You can't let DeAndre Hunter, you know, have his way at that, at that, uh, that foul line spot, that soft spot. And, you know, again, Louisville put up a, a good effort, but Virginia's just too fucking good. Um, Later on Wednesday night, Pittsburgh went to Miami. Pittsburgh actually led this game 44-43 with 10 minutes to go. Miami ended up pulling it out. Uh, Walker, Likes, Lawrence, and Hewell all in double figures. Um, who did we talk about last week? Who, who did I talk about, I should say? I'm going to take all the credit on this because, once again, it's all about me. Anthony Lawrence. He's making this team go right now. He is probably the most pivotal player for Miami. We're going to talk about him in just a second. Um you know, Miami's starting to put it together, I think. Of course, this is their gimme game. They're, you know, their, their home matchup against Pitt. You know, that's that's the easy victory, the you know, the get-right game on everybody's schedule this year. But, uh, I, you know, Miami is looking pretty good. Um, they suffered that injury, of course, this week, which I'll talk about here in a second. But, it, you know, Lonnie Walker is a guy who has looked great for weeks now. Anthony Lawrence is just a ho-hum player that's going to, do things to let you win games. He's a he's a he's a winner. He's a glue guy that does everything on the court and, and helps you win games. He's going to be pivotal when they get to the tournament. He's going to do something to help them win a game. Write that down. Put that in a notebook. Record this voice. Use it as a drop on your own podcast. That'll happen. Uh, in the surprise game of the week, Florida State goes into Wake Forest on Wednesday night, loses 76-72. Of course, uh, you know the week that I finally give the fuck in to Florida State. They go to Winston-Salem and get their tits kicked in in a game where Wake Forest didn't really do anything special. Um, Wake did have four guys with 14 or more points. Uh, FSU just didn't show up in the second half. They were up six to half, and they came out and kind of looked bleh in the second half, which is what I've been saying all year about fucking Leonard Hamilton teams. I thought maybe this team was different because they're made up a little bit differently uh, when compared to other Florida State teams in the past. They don't have that one star. They have, you know, this is a sum of all parts team. Um, but, you know, as soon as I fucking buy in, they go to Winston-Salem and lose to one of the worst fucking teams in the Power Five conferences. Um, I, I, I watched them play yesterday. I thought they looked a hell of a lot better. They looked really good yesterday in Louisville. Um, but Wake Forest, again, they got the talent. They just they don't fucking do anything. Um, I'm going to touch on them a little bit. They had some drama this week as well. Uh, Virginia Tech goes up Chestnut Hill on Wednesday night and beats Boston College in overtime, 85-80. to 80. Uh, Kerry Blackshear plays 40 minutes, and the Hokies win. I mean, it's, basically, it's as simple as that. If he's on the floor, Virginia Tech is a much improved team. They, they you know, they just – He's he's the guy for that team. I know uh, I talk about Justin Robinson. I talk about Ahmed Hill. I, I, I talk about uh, NAW. I talk about Bibbs. But Kerry Blackshear is the guy. He's the straw that stirs that drink. And he had 20 points, 8 rebounds that game. Virginia Tech does hit 12 triples. BC only hits 10. Uh, Boston College might have packed it in. Um, 
might be done on this season. I think next year they have an opportunity, um, if everybody sticks around, they have an opportunity to surprise some people next year. Uh, I think, again, I'm going to say it for probably the fifth fucking week in a row, Jim Christian needs to stay. Uh, they need to keep him there. They've got the, the recruit coming in from North Carolina. He's a top 100 guy. I believe Stephen Mitchell is back next year. Nick Popovich is back next year. That trio in the on the perimeter is back next year. As long as Bowman doesn't go pro, there is a there is an opportunity there for him. But I still think he's a year away. Uh, still not quite efficient. Still a little bit turnover prone. Uh, a little bit foul prone. Um, we'll see. We'll see what uh, what Kai does. But I think Boston College is a team that could uh, some teams might be sleeping on next year. Uh, I look forward to seeing what they bring to the table. Uh, moving on to yesterday interesting. I didn't put the fucking date down on my notes, just still on Wednesday. But uh, Duke <laughs> goes up to their, I believe it's once every two years they play St. John's. Uh, they go up to Madison Square Garden and they lose to St. John's. Uh, St. John's had a great game plan. I don't know how you go winless in the Big East and then host one of the top five teams in the nation and, and whoop up on them. But Duke had 18 turnovers, St. John's only had nine. Uh, St. John's was brilliant on offense, I thought. They, uh, they put... Uh, Duke's bigs in pick and roll uh, pick and roll situations. Uh, Duke did not defend it well, uh, and Shamori Pons tore him apart. He had 33 points yesterday. It was the first game I'd seen St. John's play this year. Um, I, I don't get a whole lot of opportunity to watch anything but ACC basketball most of the time. But I, <laughs> it's hard to believe that team with the talent they had. I know Lovett is out for the season now uh, with a phantom injury. I guess I'm, I'm not really up on that news. But it's, it's interesting that that team is winless in the Big East with the talent they have. Uh, they certainly, you know, Coach K was not impressed with his team yesterday. This is a, this is a game, this is why, well, we're going to talk about the Chapel Hill game coming up this week here in a minute, but this is why um, I, I picked Duke early on to win the national title because of their talent. But this is also why they might lose in the first round. And somebody made a comment yesterday on TV, which I'll get to in just a second, uh, that they could lose in the first round, which, I mean, we've seen Duke lose in the first round. But we've never seen Duke with this much talent, I don't think. Um, that front court is fucking incredible. Um, Bagley and, and Carter are just, they're maniacs on the glass, around the rim. It, it's, 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 I hate to say that it's a pleasure to watch them play, but it is good to see good basketball sometimes. Uh, Notre Dame goes to NC State. And gets their tits kicked in, 58 to 76. Uh, this game was basically over in the first 10 minutes. State was up 16 at the half. Cruised the rest of the way. Uh, good news for Notre Dame: Matt Farrell did return, but even in his return, they still lost their seventh in a row. Uh, 16 points, five turnovers. This NC State team, they they look better every time I see him play. Um, Mark L. Johnson is the man. Um, we're, I'm going to talk about him as soon as I get through the, the week in review. But uh, he had five points, ten assists, five rebounds yesterday. Nothing that's going to wow you, but he just he, he, he makes that team go. Uh, he's a really fun player to watch. He was one of the, uh, the guys in the preseason I said to keep an eye on, of course. I, I made it with him. I missed on C.J. Walker. But, uh, you, know, you know, I'll take one for two in something like that. Uh, Miami goes to Blacksburg yesterday and beats Virginia Tech without Bruce Brown. Um, 84-75, the Hurricanes get the victory on the road. Anthony Lawrence, 25-13. and 13. You know, I, I, I can't say enough about the kid. Nobody ever talks about this kid. I'm going to have to write something and put it up on the website this week. Guys that nobody talks about, because there's a ton of them in this fucking league. Guys that make their teams go, 
that nobody gets, nobody ever gives them the light of day. You know, people think Miami, they think Lonnie Walker and Bruce Brown. Anthony Lawrence is the man, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, they, they're not probably getting into the tournament without Anthony Lawrence this year. He's always consistent. He's just, he, he makes that team go, in my opinion. Kerry uh, Blackshear played 15 minutes. Hokies lose. I mean, it, it's as simple as that. On that hill puts up a goose egg yesterday, so that doesn't help. Uh, Peter, but Coach Peterson said that uh, he benched Blackshear early in the second half because he didn't think Blackshear was playing hard. Okay, um, you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna question Buzz Peterson, but I mean you're setting your your team up for a loss right there. You need to have Blackshear on the floor, but at the same time, it'll probably help him in the long run. Um, it wasn't a game uh, that Virginia Tech. It wasn't a must-win for Virginia Tech, but it would have been a nice game to have on the resume. Um, eh, you know. They they got the UNC win last week. They got their 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 staple victory. I still think they're a tournament team. I think they're the ninth team in from the ACC, uh, the last team that gets in. If Syracuse gets in over Virginia Tech, that's foolish. Um, again, I, I've said it before. This is why Virginia Tech is why I believe in the eye test, uh, not just the resume. If you watch Virginia Tech play, if you watch NC State play, they're tournament teams. You watch Syracuse play, you must be a sadist and. I mean, they don't look like a tournament team. That's a wasted spot, um, like Wake Forest last year. Um, it's just it, it, it's ridiculous. I, I I'm not watching uh, Syracuse play the rest of the year. I just it's just not fun. I I go through enough shit watching G Tech play. Um, yesterday, Clemson again uh, goes to Winston Salem and gets another victory. Uh, post Dante Grantham, uh, Clemson hits ten more threes. Gabe DeVoe has 24 more points. Marquise Reed with 22. Um, Gabe DeVoe has taken over here. Um, I said all season Marcus Reed was, or Marquise, I'm sorry, Reed was the best player on that team. I still think, uh, you know, as far as raw talent, Reed is their best player. But uh, last three games, Gabe DeVoe is getting 22 a game. Uh, you know, I didn't watch a whole lot of this game. Wake Forest is just terrible to watch. They, you know, all that talent, I, I'm a, I hammer them every week, and I'm sorry. But they don't run anything. Um, you know, dribble, 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 maybe a ball screen, and then we're going to shoot a three. It's the same old shit. It's terrible to watch. I ain't watching it. Um, Florida State goes into Louisville yesterday, puts six guys in double figures. They win, uh, beating Louisville 80-76 to on Louisville's home court. Louisville, you know, kind of struggling lately. Uh, well, okay, I'm not going to say they struggled. Uh, obviously, losing to Virginia is not a big deal. Everybody else does, too. This game yesterday was probably a game they should have won, but Florida State also just got embarrassed on the road um, in Winston-Salem, so they, you know, they're trying to rebound and show back up. It was a nice bounce-back win for Florida State. It's a bad loss for Louisville, though. you got to defend your home court, especially in this conference, because the road is so difficult. Um, Malik Williams, I thought, looked good for Louisville. Uh, Dangadel was... You know, he got his double figures, which he's always going to get, but he's just not efficient. You know, yesterday he shoots 5 of 16. Um, Florida State was getting basically anything they wanted. Uh, I thought Angola played well. Phil Kofer obviously played well. Continues to uh, to shock me. Um, MJ Walker did not play great. Looked kind of like a freshman yesterday. CJ Walker did not play great yesterday. But, uh, you know, Terrence Mann, Phil Kofer, they're throwing alley-oops to uh, JMCK all day. And, I mean, all this he's going to do is stand on his tiptoes. He had 11 and 8, something like that yesterday. So, you know, good good win for Florida State. Not a terrible loss for Louisville, but it was a game that they probably should have won. Uh, Virginia went up to New York yesterday, held Syracuse under 50 points. They win 59 to 54. 
uh, you know, DeAndre Hunter, Ty Jerome in the first half were assassins. Uh, Hunter is just continues to be one of my favorite players to watch. And in the second half, UVA shuts down Syracuse. And it was another instance where, you know, they were happy to let Battle and Howard shoot threes all game. And, you know, Battle and Howard obliged. Uh, it's just, there's not enough there. There's not enough horses uh, on Syracuse. Uh, I think they're going to be back next year. They have a really nice class coming in. But uh, there's just there's not enough there in the front court. I think Howard. I think they would be better if uh, if Howard made it a point to try to get into the lane and create a little bit. But he's pretty content just to shoot the ball right now, and uh, it's not really working for Syracuse. Again, look at their resume right now. It doesn't look that bad. I think they're going to end up playing their way out of the tournament. But right now, some people have men. I actually fell for a blind test the other day where uh, somebody lined up Boise State in Syracuse, and I took Syracuse uh, without knowing who the two teams were. And I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe what Syracuse's resume looked like when you look at the numbers. And you, you watch them play. It tells me that the, the resume system is flawed. RPI is flawed. Strength of schedule is something I do believe in. But if Syracuse gets in, that's a tragedy uh, for, the, for the NCAA tournament field, I believe. There's a lot of teams that are going to do a lot better in that tournament than Syracuse has. But then again... We probably thought the same thing a few years ago when they went 9-9 nine nine in the league and they went to the fucking Final Four. So, eh. Uh, UNC gets their get-right game yesterday uh, against Pittsburgh. They blow the Panthers off the fucking floor in Chapel Hill, 96-65. to Pitt, again, is unable to score 70 points in ACC play. You've yet to do so all season. Um, they are a perimeter-orientated team. And with UNC, the way they UNC's perimeter defense, the way they've been playing defense lately, you can't put up 70 against them. You know, Pitt is just—it's not good. It's not a good situation, people. Uh, I heard from Hokey Smash uh, on his uh, him and Jeff's podcast last weekend, the, uh, the ACC Weekly podcast, that Stallings' buyout number after uh, this year is nine million dollars. That is a huge chunk of change. Uh, that tells me he's going to be there for a bit, people. You know, sorry, Pitt fans. He, you know, you're stuck with that guy, and it's it's too bad. I think you're you're going to get a little help next year uh, with the JUCO point guard. Uh, I'm not going to butcher his name right now, but uh, he's a good player. I've watched some tape on him. Um, but you, you're uh, the front court. The front court is is horrible. Uh, Maybe Stevenson can play some stretch four like he has been and, and give you something next year. But I, I think you guys got to buckle up. It, it would be right, – right now that's a five-year to five year rebuild at, at minimum. That program is toast. Um, if they are able to raise the funds um, to, to buy that contract out, they're going to have to do what my buddy Tony Patelis at College Hoop News said – uh, a couple weeks ago on ACC Weekly Podcast, they're gonna have to go young. They're gonna have to uh, they're gonna have to get an up and coming guy. They're gonna have to take a chance on a guy, somebody that can revitalize that fan base, somebody that that fan base can get behind. I, I think the first option is, is Brandon Knight. I think that's the most logical uh, hire. He's uh, right now he's an assistant at Rutgers. He's, he has spent time under uh, Dixon at Pittsburgh. But I was kind of surprised he didn't get a look when they hired Stallings. Uh, there's been some other names thrown out, some some pretty good names um, that I can't really pull off the top of my head. But I had a little conversation on Twitter last week. Um, I, I think Brandon Knight, I don't know if he's the answer long term, but I think 
at the very least, he's going to energize your fan base. They know him. He played there. He was a fantastic player for the Panthers. Um, that would be the first place I would go. But that's just me. I've been wrong before. I'll definitely be wrong again. So that is the week in review. It's kind of a light week as far as schedule goes. It wasn't a ton of games, it didn't feel like. Um, starting to get into the time of year where there's a little bit of a lull. We're get, I mean, it's funny because we're only halfway through the season right now, or halfway through the conference season, I should say. Uh, a little bit more than halfway. I'd say some, I think most of the teams have played 10 games. Um, it seems like the, the schedule stretching out a little bit, which is good. Some of these guys need rest. There's a lot of injuries, seems like, going around. I'm going to talk about that in a second. Um, I like this time of year because I can take in more games. You know what I mean? Um, I, I like it when there's when teams are playing, you know, when there's only one game a night. There's a game on Monday, Tuesday. Typically, there's four or five games on Wednesday. This this week, there was no Thursday. Friday games were suck. I didn't get to see a lot of the Wednesday games. Um, some of them not at all. But, uh, you know, that's what makes Watch ESPN great. For all, for all ESPN's faults, Watch ESPN is fantastic because you get to see those replays whenever you want. So... You know, sometimes I'm up at 3 in the morning before uh, before going to my real job, and I can get caught up on some games. Anyway, that's the week in review. I'm going to move in real quick. I want to talk about Markel Johnson and what he does for this NC State team. If you watch NC State play uh, in those, what, four weeks, I believe, uh, mid-December to mid-January, NC State was a pretty different team. And this is a guy that only averages eight points a game, but he averages close to eight assists as well. Gets him a couple rebounds. With him, NC State is 12-4. and four. Without him, they're 4-3. and three. Um, he has 10 games. In the 16 games he's played, he has 10 games where he has seven or more assists. NC State is 9-1 and one in those games. The only time they lost was the night he had 14 assists and they lost against Miami. So that's, that's a little bit of an anomaly. Either way, when he's on the floor, NC State looks better. Uh, they score 81 points a game regardless of where, if he's there or not. Um, but the 81 points is more efficient he puts people in position uh, to succeed and their defense is better he is the point of attack on that press that Kevin Keats likes to use um, and he's you know he's long he's athletic he's fast as shit um, he's just he's a player that if you haven't seen him play he's not gonna wow you um, with any athletic you know endeavor he's not gonna do anything spectacular but he's gonna put his teammates in a position where they can succeed they can make open shots he is a pleasure to watch on the fast break uh, he was huge in that uh, Carolina game, hitting threes, uh, putting Al Freeman uh, wide open in the corners. He went seven for seven with that game. You know, Johnson doesn't score a ton of points. He does shoot 40% from deep. Just a really good, fun player that doesn't get as much attention as I think he should. He's, again, on that list with Anthony Lawrence and Justin Robinson, the guys that don't get recognized in this conference that are ultimately going to decide how this conference finishes, you know, in the last five weeks you know these guys are going to be the ones that decide how Miami finishes how NC State finishes how uh, Clemson finishes uh, you know uh, another one I like to use is Marquise Reed nobody nobody talks about Marquise Reed the guy is fucking awesome great player Justin Robinson you know everybody's going to talk about Blackshear and Ahmed Hill and Justin Bibbs and NAW Justin Robinson is the best player on that team in my opinion uh, you know they can't win without Blackshear, but they ain't they ain't, they ain't in any games without Justin Robinson. Um, moving on to some uh, disciplinary issues. Oh, getting on Markel Johnson one more time. The other thing that I think this how he helps NC State is he's able to take over point guard responsibilities from Braxton Beverly. Now Braxton Beverly's a guard. He does a fine job at the point guard position, but I think he's more of a combo guard. Uh, I think you want Beverly playing off the ball. He's a 
Uh, if I had to liken him to somebody, I would say Eric Diebendorf at Syracuse, guy who can handle the ball, guy who can get you into your offense, but ultimately you want Eric Diebendorf hitting those corners and putting up those triples, coming off baseline screens, coming off elbow screens, things like that. And I think that's that's how you want to use Braxton Beverly as well. Beverly's obviously smaller than Diebendorf, and Diebendorf is a fantastic player who Syracuse fans still talk about to this day. Beverly's yet to attain that that level, that height. But I think as far as how they're used, I think – uh, Beverly is better off the ball, basically. Yeah, long-winded answer. Yeah, he's better off the ball. Uh, disciplinary issues this week. Uh, some of the boys getting in trouble. Uh, Jalik, uh, Jale- I don't know, spells it Jalik, pronounces it Jalik. I don't know. I'm sorry if I said it wrong. I'll say it both ways, so I'll be right. Uh, suspended from the university. Missed two games this week. Uh, Felton has retained a lawyer, Kerry Sutton, who represented a UNC football player in the past. Uh, I'm not going to speculate on this issue. Uh, obviously, it raises a red flag when they when they say he's suspended from the university, not suspended from the team for uh, team violations or code of conduct violations. You know, maybe you know. I don't think this was an instance where he was out smoking a joint or he missed his 10 o'clock curfew or uh, you know. I, I don't know what it was. There have been some speculation or some opinions and some speculation on Twitter uh, recently. Of course, you know, Twitter is. You know the the dark place, the bad place. It's where all the fucking cool kids hang out, where they can just say all the shit they want, never be held accountable. I'm guilty of it at sometimes as well, but uh, I, I don't think it's right. If it's not true, uh, this young man's uh, reputation could be trashed, thanks to speculation on Twitter. I don't know what it is. I'll wait until they release documents if they charge him with anything or anything like that before I comment. Uh, Nigel Johnson suspended for three games by UVA, violation of team rules. There you go. Um, that could be anything. It could be not playing hard in practice. It could be missing curfew. It could be getting drunk. I don't know what it was, but, uh, you know, violation of team rules is obviously a code of conduct thing that all athletes sign. He'll be back. Uh, Virginia, it, you know, they ain't missing a step without him. Uh, they've got depth. They've got good quality depth. He is a pretty vital part of that bench, but, you know, when you hold Syracuse to 44 points, Nigel Johnson's not going to make or break that game, so, yeah. And I'm going to butcher this kid's name, and I apologize. Samuel Jaffet Matthias was dismissed from Wake Forest for not meeting program expectations. Now, this, <laughs> this makes me chuckle a little bit because the person who said that he's not meeting program expectations was Danny fucking Manning. And if there is anybody associated with Wake Forest basketball who's not meeting program expectations, it is Danny fucking Manning. I mean, how much talent do you need to win a game? I mean, eh. And now we're throwing talent off. I mean, he's not a, he wasn't a great player. He's a six foot eleven front court depth player who was a three star at a high school, averaging a point and a rebound a game. But at the same time, how is how is Danny Manning better than Jeff Buzdella? Other than the fact that he brings in high-profile talent. I don't know. Uh, anyway, uh, interested to see if anything comes out on Matthias. I'll keep you posted on that. Uh, again, that was that could be anything as well. That could be, I don't know, maybe you got caught with a joint. Who knows? That seems to be a big deal lately, I guess. I don't know. Moving on to the injury report. A couple guys lost for the season. One of them hits close to home for me. Curtis Hay with the second out for the season with that leg injury. I speculated on this last week. He had been playing, but he was obviously not right. This is a kid that before he went out, averaged eight points, three boards, three assists. Doesn't turn the ball over. 
Uh, this is a kid I could watch shoot all day long. He's a he's a sharpshooter, probably the only one on G Tech right now. Josh Kogi's efficient, but he's not a shooter like Haywood. Um, Haywood was obviously limping in uh, their one of their recent games. I forget which. They all seem to meld together right now. That's a big loss for G Tech. They can't redshirt him. He played too many games, which sucks. Um, but he'll be back next year. I don't think it's a serious thing. Uh, I haven't heard whether or not he needs surgery or not, or if it's just a rest and, and treatment deal. But, uh, you know, this season for GTEC is kind of a wash. Um, so it wasn't pivotal that, you know, he, he continued to play and possibly hurt himself further. So a uh, little shout-out to Kurt Gombad. Hope you feel better. Uh, looking forward to watching you play next year. Howard Washington for Syracuse, also out for the season. Uh, kind of a bit player. Uh, hadn't really given them a whole lot this year. Um, he was a, a, a freshman depth guard who, before Frank Howard showed up, um, there might have been some expectation for this kid to step in. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how his career goes. I believe Howard has at least one more year, and they got Jalen Carey coming in next year. Uh, Washington might uh, find himself buried a little bit on that Syracuse bench. But regardless, this is the injury report. This kid's injured. Um, he does have some upside to him, but uh, I'll be interested to see what happens with him. Obviously, the biggest injury of the week was Bruce Brown from Miami breaking his foot. Injured his foot. I know it's his foot. He's out six weeks. Uh, Miami so far, 2-0 without him. Anthony Lawrence is a goddamn maniac. Uh, I said it earlier in the week on the website. It'll be interesting to see what happens when Lawrence moves to the four, Walker goes to the three, Newton uh, assumes his more natural position at the two, which he's actually been coming off the bench the last few games and playing a little bit better. I don't want to say he's playing well because he's – Still not playing up to his potential, and Chris Likes takes over. Now, Likes, he's a scoring point guard. You know, you remember Earl Boykins for uh, Eastern Michigan back in the day? Maybe I'm showing my age here, or maybe it's wisdom. Yeah, showing my wisdom here. Likes reminds me of Earl Boykins for obvious reasons. His height is one thing, but he's also a very good scorer. Uh, he's never probably going to average five assists a game. I don't see that in his future. But it's interesting. To, it's going to be interesting to watch and see how Miami plays without Brown. Uh, because it's kind of a log jam on that perimeter uh, for this team. And I think this kind of loosens things up, makes things a little bit more obvious, I guess, as far as what uh, everybody's role is on that team. Um, definitely not saying they're going to be better without him, but, it, it, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting. I'll say that for the fifth fucking time in three sentences. It's going to be interesting. Uh, Theo Pinson was on the injury report. He actually played yesterday uh, 27 minutes. I believe he had 13 13 rebounds and 8 assists. Didn't score a whole lot, but 27 uh, minutes played, uh, 13 and 8 as uh, UNC blows Pittsburgh off the court. Uh, looked good yesterday, so we won't spend too much time on him. Matthew Moyer did return this week for Syracuse. A little front court depth for them. Uh, still, it, you know, it doesn't matter who you put in the front court because Howard and Battle ain't going to give you the ball. That pretty much sums up some injuries. I thought I had some more, but uh, may have got lost in the note pile here. I'm a little out of sorts today. Uh, this hangover is fucking killing me. Um, I spoke earlier about a, uh, a person on TV that said that Duke wasn't going to make it out of the first weekend, basically. That's a quote. That person was Jay Williams. Uh, now, that might have been a little... Uh, uh, a little wink and nod, uh, a little inspiration for that program from a from a ex Blue Devil. I don't think Williams believes that, um, not for a second. I, I think that's that was one of the most famous Blue Devils 
in the program's history saying to that team right now, you guys need to get your shit together. Uh, Grayson Allen has not played well. Um, you know, Bagley, again, he put up, Bagley put up a good line yesterday, but still had six turnovers. Um, you know, this is a team that could win the national championship. This is a team that could lose to Lehigh in the first round. You know what I mean? Um, I, I don't have, I guess I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this, but, you know, it, it says a lot when uh, a sportscaster, I think the best, the best, uh, the best college basketball guy that ESPN has is Jay Williams. It says a lot when he thinks that he has to speak on a top five team because they're, you know, they're not showing enough effort. They're not showing enough maturity. They're doing things on the court that a team with that much talent shouldn't be doing. You know, losing at MSG, you know, isn't a, uh, isn't terrible, but you shouldn't be losing to St. John's for fuck's sakes. Um, eh, whenever I can beat on Duke, it's, I'm going to take that opportunity. Anyway, uh, only one game on the docket today. Georgia Tech goes to Chestnut Hill to take on Boston College. G-Tech is 1-5 on True Road Games this year. Um, you know, a couple keys to the game. Can Boston College stop Lammers and Gay in the front court? Uh, Nick Popovich might match up well with AD. AD has played really well the last few weeks. Really impressed me. Um, I'm really happy. I, I thought G-Tech was going to be down next year with Lammers graduating. Uh, and Jax as well, obviously. But uh, AD is uh, giving me a little a little hope as far as front court production for next year. We've got Mike DeVoe coming in as well, who is, he might lead the team in scoring as a freshman. But anyway, I digress. Questions for the game. Can Boston College stop gay? Maybe, maybe 50%. Ben hasn't been himself this year. Um, he, he is primed for a big game tonight, I think. I said yesterday on the power rankings that Boston College was going to win this game. And I'm going to take it back. Yep, I'm going to take that shit back. I think I think Georgia Tech gets this win today. I think Boston College has packed it in a little bit. Um, you know, this in the grand scheme of things, this game doesn't mean much, except for the fact that I'll be watching it if I'm not sleeping. This fucking terrible hangover. But I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to take that. I'm going to take it back. Chestnut Hill is a tough place to play. Uh, Boston College has got some good wins there this year, but I think they've packed it in on Christian for the season. Um, I think G-Tech gets that win today. Write that down. We're going to go 2-5 and five in true road games. Uh, the biggest question for Georgia Tech, on the other hand, can they stop that, that perimeter trio from making threes? They couldn't stop Clemson. Um, they, they did a better job on Syracuse, but I don't think Syracuse is a very good shooting team to begin with, so it's not a huge victory there. Anyway, G-Tech wins today. Write that down. Uh, obviously, Thursday night, if Virginia wasn't so good, this would, you know, this is always the best game of the season. Duke at Carolina. Um, couple, couple things we want to touch on real quick. That UNC perimeter defense, you know, just because you hold Pitt under 70, that doesn't mean your defense is good. It still means that just Pittsburgh sucks. So, you know, Gary Trent's been playing well lately. Grayson Allen has not. This could be a get-right game for Grayson Allen. Big stage, everybody's watching in Chapel Hill. He's going to do something. He's going to do something to help Duke win that game. And, yes, I think Duke's going to win that game in Chapel Hill. I think it's going to be a crazy fucking night. Um, something it always happens in that game. It seems like somebody comes out of the gate hot, and then they uh, they fall back to the pack. I think this is, this is going to be one of those games. I think UNC's going to jump on them early, and I think Marvin Bagley is going to go in fuck you mode, and Grace Allen's going to do something. You know, uh, good, bad, indifferent. Uh, yeah. He's going to do something to help Duke win that game. Write that down, too. 
Uh, Duke's transition defense is going to be key here. Obviously, Carolina wants to get out and run. They want that secondary break uh, where their big man runs full ball right down the lane and, and throws it down. Unfortunately, Duke's front court is leaps and bounds more talented than UNC's. Uh, the one thing that interests me as far as, or I, I, should, I shouldn't say that, not interesting. I should say the one thing I question with the Duke pick is this is Duke's freshman's first game in Chapel Hill. Obviously, they're freshmen. Uh, you know, hey, Captain Obvious over here. Uh, how you doing? Uh, how are they going to respond to that situation? Obviously, it's going to be televised. I fully expect Dickie V to be on the sideline. Um, that place is going to be packed. It's going to be loud. You know, the cheese and wine crowd. It, it's going to be interesting to see how they play. I would... I would probably, if I had to predict, I would say that Gary Trent's not going to shoot well that night. Maybe he shoots the lights out. But I think they're going to have to lean on Allen a little bit. Uh, Duval, Duval is going to have to have, have and keep his head on straight for the entire game. Joel Berry is going to be just chomping at the bit to make that kid look bad in his house in Chapel Hill against Duke. It's going to be very interesting. I think Duke wins the game. But there are question marks, and there are opportunities for UNC to ultimately, you know, take Duke down uh, in there on their Jesus Christ in Chapel Hill. Jeez, I can't get out of my own fucking way today. Um, so basically, that's the show today. Again, um, I'm trying to put up a couple things every week on ACCBasketballReport.com. So go on there, read my shit, tear me apart, send me some DMs. They're always open. I love the hate mail, people. Love it. I love to fight and argue and debate as long as you're not a fucking retard. So be a patron. Go to the RSS feed on the website. Click on Be a Patron in the top right-hand corner of my Podbean page and donate. Help me out. You know, I love doing it. I'm going to do it forever. But I need your help, people. You know, I make, I, you know, it is what it is. I don't like paying for this shit. So help me out. Help a brother out. You know what I'm saying? All right, that's 42 minutes. I'm out. Have a good day. By the way, Patriots win tonight and make Nick Foles look stupid.